Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. This is Barbara Chandler, and I am the host of Our Seat, Our Table Leadership Lounge. The Leadership Lounge is here every Friday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 o'clock, WPRK 91.5 Rollins Radio. We want to thank you once again for our listeners, our community members for joining us. We have an amazing show for you this Friday. This particular show is dedicated to our local hero. Our local hero, Tuskegee Airman Chief Master Sergeant Richard R. Hall Jr. We have learned that Richard R. Hall Jr., Tuskegee Airman, passed away January the 25th, which was last Monday. So we are dedicating this show to Richard, we have some very close friends, members of the Tuskegee, our local Tuskegee Airmen chapter that will join us and pay their tributes. We also want to acknowledge that this is Black History Month. And this month we are going to do as we always do, go into these historic Afri African-American communities and speak to the community historians that we can learn more of what these communities have done and the legacy that they continue to preserve in Central Florida. We also have with us Demetrius Peoples. Demetrius, who we affectionately know as Dee, she has been the caregiver to Tuskegee Airman Richard Hall, and she's gonna pay her two to three minute tribute about what it was like to spend seven years with an international hero such as Tuskegee Airman Richard Hall. We also have with us Daryl E. Gray, who is the founding member of the Tuskegee Airmen chapter, our local chapter here, and also has been very instrumental in preserving the history of the Tuskegee Airmen. We also have with us Desmond Reed. Desmond Reed is the owner of Dare Books. It's one of the largest book collection of black African-American books in Central Florida. And he will be here with our business spotlight as our business spotlight with LaVonda Wilder of the Eatonville Chamber of Commerce. And of course, for our artist spotlight, Andrew Brown. Andrew Brown will be speaking with Dr. Damon Dandridge. Dr. Damon Dandridge is the managing director with the Project Grady Ram Negro Spiritual Scholarship Foundation. We realized that due to COVID, a lot of our performing arts programming have really taken a hit and we wanna be able to keep up with where they are now and what they're doing in the community. So we definitely wanna open up. Again, we wanna thank you all for joining us. This is WPRK 91.5 and you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table. And joining me here is a really good friend of Tuskegee Airmen Master Sergeant Richard R. Hall Jr., Daryl Gray, who will be paying uh, his tribute as far as what it meant to know someone and be in the life of someone such as Richard Hall. Daryl, talk to us about Richard Hall and what your relationship was, was like with him. Good morning, Barbara. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I first met Chief Hall about four or five years ago. 
at Tuskegee Airmen National Convention here in Orlando. And um, that's, that was my first meeting with him. And he was a rock star at the convention. I mean, people just wanted to be around him and taking photos and chat and autographs, et cetera. And he was just in his element uh, being at the center of attention, such as that. I got to know him better when I joined the, uh, the uh, Chappie James chapter of the Tuskegee Airmen, where he was already a member for a longstanding time. I uh, became a member in 2017, and I got to know him a little bit better. Um, and to be in his presence, uh, I mean, he was so gracious uh, and warm and receiving. Uh, and, and, and our conversations got to know that during my brief Air Force career that I covered some of the same geographical spots where he had already served. And it, it was just amazing to be able to compare the stories of his previous career along with mine. And, and most impressive was his um, clarity and recall of his experiences at his age at that time of 92, 93, 94 years of age. So it, it was just a joy to be able to be in his presence and have those conversations and share his favorite vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Daryl, give us an overview or a background for those who may not be familiar with who the Tuskegee Airmen are. Who were they? Tuskegee Airmen were the first African-American fighter pilots in World War II. They were established in 1941. Um, and their training took place at Moton Field in Tuskegee, Alabama, uh, in conjunction with Tuskegee University. They have a stellar uh, aerial combat record with regards to the success having served in World War II. No one had the confidence, due to racial barriers and segregations, to believe that, first of all, that blacks could actually fly. Um, and not to mention to fly aerial combat, but certainly under the leadership of the first commander who went on to become General Benjamin O. Davis Jr., uh, they certainly proved them wrong. And Chiefs, uh, Chief Hall was a uh, crew chief and flight engineer. And uh, one of the things that, I, that I, I really always emphasize is that the misconception and misunderstanding of what a Tuskegee Airman is is that too many people just simply believe that Tuskegee Airmen were only the pilots. But there were certainly uh, thousands of ground crew members of which Chief Hall was, was, was one as a crew chief uh, because the pilots didn't repair their own aircraft or gas them up, et cetera. So from air traffic controllers to the mechanics, et cetera, all were Tuskegee Airmen. There is an ongoing project right now to document these original airmen which are estimated to be in the tens of thousands. Uh, so that is an ongoing project that uh, is under completion. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl, how would you like for listeners, our community members, how would you like for us to remember Tuskegee Airman Richard R. Hall Jr.? We don't have enough time, but uh, as briefly as I possibly can, obviously he's an American hero. More importantly, I want the new generation, our young people, to know his ability, along with the tens of thousands of other Tuskegee Airmen, were successful against all odds. 
much to my surprise and disappointment, actually. I, I see, albeit more subtle and more covert, some of the same odds that are still existing in our nation today, where uh, people are looking at our youth as if you're not capable of success. And as an example from Chief Hall, they need to know, first of all, his, his existence and his success, and that he, along with the tens of thousands of other Tuskegee Airmen, that you too, in this 21st century going forward, young person, uh, can in fact be successful in all that you want to do. Thank you so much, Daryl. What a beautiful tribute. Again, this show is dedicated to Tuskegee Airman Richard R. Hall Jr., Chief Master Sergeant. He was a local hero. He was born in Georgia, moved to Winter Park, raised in Winter Park. He went to Eatonville, Hungerford, high school, played basketball, played sports, very active. As I look through some of the photos that were shared with us from his family as they're planning his memorial service, as they're planning his service, pardon me, this man was definitely destined for success. He came from a wonderful family here at the Heritage Center. You're able to see photographs of his life growing up what it actually looked like, what his family represented. And there's definitely a reason for him being, becoming a Tuskegee Airman. It was his sense of excellence that I gathered. His um, coming from a very healthy family background and being able to take those family morals and values. There's one photograph that his nephew shared where you actually saw him standing with the one of the generals again, and then you'll see him in a family setting, um, just as a, a an uncle and a father, very relatable. He did not stay away or did not shy away from the community. He was a part of the community. At the Hannibal Square Heritage Center, as you're walking up, you will see a life-size sculpture of this Tuskegee Airman, Richard Hall. This artwork was done by Rigoberto Torres and it was unveiled in 2015. I remember hearing the news a day or two after he passed and I went outside to, to clean it, uh, to clean the sculpture. And that's when you really realize the impact of who he was as a community member, as our local hero, as an international hero, and just what he imparted into our lives. One of my fondest memories of Richard Hall was uh, when he turned 95. And I received a phone call from a community member, Holly Tannehill. And she says, Barbara, Richard's birthday is coming up. We had just had a huge opening here at the Hannibal Square Heritage Center, um, one of our art exhibitions. And I looked and said, oh my goodness, we have one week in which to plan this. I reached out to community members, the Winter Park Library, community um, organizations, the Mason Lodge, and everyone was excited. Everyone pitched in. I'll bring, I'll bring the fruits, I'll bring the cake, I'll bring the cupcakes. And that was a sense of community. We had a homeschool group that was here also on site. Children came, the room was packed to capacity. I'm not sure if I should be saying that, but mm. the room was packed to capacity with people being able to honor a community hero. Again, he availed himself to us. 
a lot of the events at the Heritage Center in the Winter Park community, he was in attendance. He, he was always wearing his bright red Tuskegee Airmen uh, polo shirt along with his hat and sometimes his jacket. He did not stay away from the community. He embraced us. He allowed community members to ask questions about what it was like to, to have that experience. He also was able to impart into us. So one of the things about our seat, our table, this is a leadership lounge. We're highlighting the leaders in our community and what more fitting, what more fitting leader than a Richard Hall, Tuskegee Airman, Chief Master Sergeant. So this show again is dedicated to Richard and everyone who looks like Richard, everyone who has had that shared experience such as Richard, those leaders who have come before us and just have imparted into us. So we are so happy that we have had the time to be able to share in Richard's experiences and those that he's been able to share with us. Again, we are moving along. We have with us Desmond Reed. Desmond Reed is a local store owner. LaVonda Wilder with the Eatonville Chamber of Commerce. LaVonda, good morning, how are you? Good morning, Barbara, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Desmond Reed with Dare Books is on with us this morning. And I am gonna turn this thing over to you, girlfriend. Thank you very much. It's nice to meet you, Mr. Desmond Reed. Tell us a little about your story leading up to Dare Books. Well, let me preface it by saying, uh, people who do not know their history are bound to report, uh, repeat the mistakes. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. I really got involved in this business when my children were in elementary school. Uh, I had gone to the school once we got involved in the PTA and uh, asked the principal to show me the library, which he did. I told him I was very, very impressed. However, uh, there was one thing that was missing. And uh, when he inquired what, I told him, I said, you have 848 children in the school, 840 blacks and eight Latinos, and there were no books that reflected their image, to which he accused me of being a racist. Uh, at any rate, uh, when I decided to change professions, I can't go into all the reasons, but uh, I decided that uh, what I would do is I would go into producing and promoting books in the New York City school system, which reflected the children in the system. So that's how I got started. I looked through your Facebook page and noticed that you have been impacting the community for the last 30 years, 20 in Brooklyn, New York, and 10 in Central Florida. What actually, kinds of- Actually, let me correct that. Okay. Uh, uh, this March, next month, will be 39 years. Oh, wow, okay. So, so 28 in Brooklyn and 11 here. Okay, thank you for that correction. I saw it on, someone listed it on your page, but thanks for correcting us. And you have definitely added an impact to our communities. What kinds of books do you carry? I know that you carry books that feature people that look like us, but do you have 
other books also that you carry in your bookstore? Uh, yes, I do. I am a multicultural bookstore specializing in books uh, that portray the African American experience. Awesome. I, I really have to get back down there. I came in your store once and you were very warm and inviting to, to well, the general you. public. Mr. Desmond, thank you so much for speaking with us this morning. Do you have any contact information that you would like to share with our listeners? They can go to darebooks.com. My email address is desmondr at darebooks.com. And we're located at 245 North US Highway 17-92 in Longwood. Uh, that's close to the corner of 434. Thank you very much. Do you have any last words you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, uh, what I will say is uh, the way I began, and that is that it is critically important that we learn about our heritage because we would be surprised that we are actually the architect of civilization. And uh, if we don't know that, then we won't know how valuable uh, that we are and how important we have been to human history and development. Thank you for leaving those important words. This is Mr. Desmond Reed, everyone with Dear Books, speaking to us this morning. Have an amazing day. Thank you, Vonda. Thank you, Desmond. Uh, Desmond Reed Bookstore, I have been able to frequent on multiple occasions uh, some of my favorite books I've gotten, uh, I picked up from Dare Books. One of my favorite books is Little Lion Goes to School. It's a Caribbean book. Uh, I forget the author, but it is definitely one of my favorite. I realize that this is, once again, it's Black History Month. And this is a, a critical time in the Black community for us to support one another on many platforms, whether it's through supporting local business whether it's restaurants, whether it's services, um, it is important in order for us to continue to have what is known as powernomics or economics in our community to keep our community thriving. I think the, the, the one of the important things, the founder of Black History, uh, Carter G. Woodson, one of the reasons why he developed uh, Black History Month in February was that so we could learn from one another. Those experiences, as we know, are very valuable. You are listening to the Leadership Lounge, our seat, our table. We are here with Demetrius Peoples, who is known to the community as D. And not only is she known as D, but she is also known as the caretaker to Tuskegee Airmen, Chief Master Sergeant, Richard Hall Jr. And Dee is here as a community member, as well as a caregiver to pay her tribute to our late legend, Richard Hall Jr. Good morning, Dee, how are you? Hi, Barbara, good morning. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely, thank you so much for being here. Dee, how long were you a caregiver to Mr. Hall? Seven years. Wow, that is a long time. How did you and Mr. Hall meet? We met the Home Health Agency 
here in Orlando on Lee Road. And um, my supervisor introduced me to Mr. Hall and it went from there. Wow. We got we got real, you know, we was a, uh, um, how can I say, we was a match. Excellent. Made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> did you know right away who he was? Meaning, did you know that he was one of the original Tuskegee Airmen? Well, if you go in his house, it looks like a museum. Mm-hmm. He has all his pictures on there and um, military uniform. And we talked and he was telling me as he was showing me around that he was a, a Tuskegee Airman and he was in the military. I was amazed because my father was in the military too as well. So it's like bringing back memories, you know, Yeah. being in the military um, family. And he's a military, you know, legend. And that was wonderful. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. D, describe a typical day with Mr. Hall. <laughs> well, I have a lot of stories to tell. But this one particular day really stood out because... Mr. Hall, he goes out and on a lot of, you know, activities and we do a lot of things together. But this one particular day, one of the ladies from the church in Orlando, I forget the name of that church, she called me. Her name was Rose Collada. I don't know if you know her. She called me and she said, D, it's Black History Month and the um, women ministry would like to come by and visit with Mr. Hall, you know, do like a little field trip type of thing. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I said, well, how many of the women are coming? She said, it'll be about 10, 10 of us, you know, and we're going to come and, and we're going to visit with Mr. Hall and, and everything. I said, wow. So I told Mr. Hall, Mr. Hall, there's some women coming over here to visit you. He said, what? He said, really? I said, yeah. I said, so you got to dress up and look nice, you know, for them and everything. So Later on, they said they were going to be there at 12 o'clock, and they was on time. Barbara, I looked out the window. It was a one of those minivans, you know, yes. like a, a bus. Yes. Was out in front of Mr. Hall's house. <laughs> Full of women. Yes. And guess what? They had on red and black. Oh, wow. They were so cute. They got off that bus. So I'm thinking it's just 10 women. So I had the chairs all ready for them to sit in the living room and everything. Right. And, of course, this was pre-COVID. Right. Yes. That was before COVID. So anyway, um, I said, sure, come on in. You know, they rang the bell. And they, she said, okay, we coming on in. You know, this is my men, women ministry group, you know, and we coming to see Mr. Hall. They got off the bus. We had one in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. We had one in a scooter. It was 17 women in that house. Coming to see Mr. Hall. Coming to see Mr. Hall, having their red and black. And he grinned the whole time. He was sitting up there. I had him in the middle, you know, so all the women was around, you know. They had been in the sofas and the chairs and everything. And they had their little red and black. And he just sat there and was just a grinning. I never seen that kind of smile. You know, they just talking to him, you know. (laughs) Mr. Hall, you're asking questions about him being in the military, you know. Um, how long you been in the military? And asking him a question what war you were in. And Mr. Hall sitting all professional, you know, sitting in that chair <laughs> asking that question. They got their legs crossed and they looking at him and talking about one. And so the lady that was in charge of them, she said, Mr. Hall, 
Oh, I meant to tell you all these women are single. <laughs> I said, they all single, Mr. Hall. He said, how about that? <laughs> oh, my. That day was so special to me because I had never seen that many women come to see, get so excited about seeing Mr. Hall. Wow. Dee, mm -hmm. what are you going to miss about Mr. Hall the most? Well, I'm going to miss taking care of him, of course, you know, and um, all the, the things, activities we did together, going to the military balls, the Army, the Marines, and the Navy balls, and the parades, and, you know, all that stuff made me feel special as well, as, you know, being with him and all this, you know, act. All this attention, I put it that way. It made me feel like I was doing something special just being with him and how I always wore my red, you know. So I'm going to miss all that fun activities we shared together, you know. And what is your, what's your title? What is it? And I, I, I've been using the title caregiver. Is that the title? Is it a LPN, CNA? No, I'm a certified nursing assistant and a home health aide. Mm -hmm. Very I've nice. I've been doing this for like 30 years now. There, and Mr. Hall, was he one of your very first patients or one of... Well, here, because I moved here from Tampa. And Mr. Hall was like one of my first um, full-time patients I had in home health care. And just mm -hmm. to let you know that I think the community realized that you were doing something special. I know that for a lot of our events, you would bring him, you would drive him over, you would make sure that he was here engaging with the community. And so we commend you. We oh, commend you, you. you so for <laughs> being dedicated to him and making him available to the community. So you were doing something special, not just for him, but for the community. And that takes a very special person. So as you know, we're all going to miss him. We're already missing him. As you know, there's the statue outside that you can come by and visit at any yes, time. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have tons of images, tons of, tons of photographs that we are working on a slideshow presentation. Mm -hmm. I remember the Juneteenth celebration mm -hmm. where we rededicated the statue as well as his birthday party. Do yes. you remember the birthday yes. party? The birthday party was really nice. He enjoyed that. Yes, so yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, another thing I like to say that about Mr. Hall, when I take care of him, I met so many wonderful people. You know, he brought so many people in my life, you know, like you and Fred and, you know, all those different people from the chapters. I mean, I made a lot of friends through him and I'm so thankful for that, you know. And you still have those friendships. So mm -hmm. just know that you are still a friend to us, not just because that you were a caregiver, a loving caregiver to Mr. Hall, but we still see you as a friend and of course a community member. So you're always welcome. So tell us what is next for you, Dee? Well, maybe I'll find another little old man I can take care of. <laughs> maybe a little old lady, who knows? But right now I'm just gonna, you know, take one day at a time and you know and see what happens. I might I'm getting I'm not old, but it's time for me to enjoy life, you know, just take my time and just do things for myself. Right, right. I'm sure after being with someone almost every day, if not every day, 
taking care of them, there is a special connection there that is formed. Mm-hmm. So we, we're definitely here for you. However you need us as you're going through your, um, your grieving process, mm-hmm. we are here for you as a community. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate that. Thank so you so much. Thank you for this beautiful tribute. Not a problem. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dee. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Up next, we have Andrew Brown. Andrew Brown with Brown Box Creative Solutions. We'll be talking with Dr. Damon Dandridge with the Project Ram Negro Spiritual Scholarship Foundation. Andrew? Good Friday morning to you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, this is WPRK 91.5. It's our seat, our table. And I'm so excited to introduce to you all Dr. Damon Dandridge. He is the managing director for the Negro Spiritual Scholarship Foundation, which does its work through the Grady Ram Project. A little bit of history on the project. It's a Central Florida nonprofit that was established in 1996 with a threefold mission to preserve America's Negro spiritual songs from the slave era as part of our cultural heritage provide training, development, and scholarship assistance grants for young artists, and inspire the American public to embrace spirituals as a shared cultural legacy. But before I continue, I would be remiss if I did not mention that not only did the community lose an icon, the Central Florida community lost an icon in Richard Hall, but the overall African-American community lost an icon Icon recently in Cicely Tyson. As an actress, Cicely was a major force to be reckoned with, and she didn't get started acting until she was 30. Best known for her performance in Sounder in 1973, for which she was nominated for an Academy Award, and she also was nominated for a Golden Globe. Cicely Tyson was a major force and we will miss her presence here. The connection that I'd like to make between those is both Cicely and the Negro Spiritual Scholarship Foundation were important pillars to, were important performances that are important to the culture and they show the strength of our people. First, the Negro Spirituals kept us resilient and in modern times, seeing Cicely on the TV, seeing her in movies, kept our people resilient as well. Um, we also want to take time now to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. So we are seeing some excellent cultural significances, unfortunately, in the loss of some icons, but now in the rise of some other icons as well, including the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, Stacey Abrams as well. And I have a very special guest, Dr. Damon Dandridge, who is the managing director for the Grady Ram Project. Dr. Dandridge, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Tell us about how the Grady Ram project got started. Okay. Well, it, and it's Project Grady Ram. Project oh, Grady Ram. But, oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. In um, 
around 1996, our founder, uh, Father Rudolph Clare, uh, had a, a great affinity for um, the Negro spiritual. He had um, attended uh, Bethune-Cookman University where he was introduced to the Negro spiritual. He's originally from Bahamas. Uh, uh, Rudy is the first person of Afro descent to be ordained a priest in Orlando. He was uh, ordained by Bishop Thomas ah. Grady, who was the Bishop of the diocese in Orlando uh, for about 15 years from 1974 to 1989. Uh, one of the first assignments Bishop Grady gave Father Clear was to go out into the Haitian community and see how the Catholic church could assist them. Um, again, so from that experience and uh, Father Clear's experience with the spiritual, he then went to his friend, Dr. Robert Williams, who he met at Bethune-Cookman, and said, hey, I want to start this foundation that celebrates the Negro spiritual. Um, and Dr. Williams helped him to organize. So, so the Grady part of that comes from Bishop Thomas Grady. The Ram part is uh, in dedication to uh, Mr. Curtis Ram, who is a um, world-renowned operatic tenor from Orlando, Jones High School graduate. And uh, Curtis uh, is a great singer and a great teacher now. And he actually teaches at Bethune-Cookman University and at Rollins College currently. So that's the RAM part. So mm -hmm. that's how uh, Project Grady RAM uh, came to be. Uh, we also have our prize, our voice prize named after uh, both gentlemen. Uh, and on a bigger landscape, this is all a part of the Negro Spiritual Scholarship Foundation. And I say Negro Spiritual in quotation marks because we are using the term, the artistic term of the genre of Negro spirituals. It's not a black only organization. It's not a religious organization. We are uh, an organization that is promoting uh, the preservation and uh, of the Negro spiritual and um, the helping to uh, educate uh, students through tuition assistance grants. That's our other uh, primary focus. So for about 25 years, yeah, 25 years now, uh, we've been plugging along in Central Florida. I've been working in my role as management director for three years now, and it's been quite a joy um, and, and a great learning uh, process and experience and just meeting people from all over Florida and really all over the nation uh, that have worked with uh, the foundation. Talk to the listeners about the cultural significance of Negro spirituals, if, if they don't already know. Okay. Well, Negro spirituals are American history, and we, we call them Negro spirituals because we attribute them to the enslaved Africans who created this music out of their need to communicate and to embrace a new religion for them. Let us remember when the enslaved Africans were brought over and they were stripped of their religion, they were stripped of their language, their culture. So when they came to America, they had to learn all of this you know, new language and they were able to attend church. The slave owners didn't have a problem with them learning Christianity and learning stories of the Bible. And they took those stories and there were many that they could relate to, especially stories in the Old Testament, because uh, you have a lot of stories of being lost in the wilderness. We, you know, we talk about the uh, Israelites going through the wilderness for 40 years and the mm -hmm. Hebrew boys in the lion's den, all of those things. Uh, so, this is, so this is a part of American 
history. Uh, it is the first music created in America. You know, let's we we can't forget that the hymns of the church were brought over from Europe. The secular songs that they would sing, you know, together camp songs were brought from Europe. This is the first music created in America. This music is the genesis of the blues, of rock and roll, of jazz, of R&B, gospel. The Negro spiritual is the genesis uh, of all of that. So it is not just uh, African-American history, it is American history. And it's an important part of American history because it tells an, an important, you know, very significant event that happened in the building of, of America. Prior to COVID, what was the last choral performance that you all gave? Because I remember seeing something around maybe like end of 2019, there was a performance. I, okay, I, what you're probably thinking of is during our Suitable Airs um, program, which we have in October mm -hmm. every year, normally in Macedonia, we normally have a choir uh, that will come in and okay. uh, perform as a part of that. So 2019, that that may have been the Tampa Spiritual Ensemble. We don't currently have a choral unit uh, as a part of the foundation that we did at one time, and it is something we are hoping to start back up uh, post-COVID. So now during COVID, how, how did the organization uh, transition during that time? Because I know 2020 seemed like 10 years ago, but it was only, it was only a year ago. How, how did you guys transition through that? Well, we moved into the virtual realm. We have had several of our programs. We have modified them. Uh, we normally have a Women's Voices Luncheon that celebrates a woman in leadership in Central Florida uh, that, that is doing impactful things. We normally have a nice luncheon. Uh, but this year, we had a virtual program where we interviewed our honoree, who was, who was Dr. Mary Palmer, and we were able to splice in some words uh, from other women in the community like Marcia Hope Goodwin, Ambassador Harriet Elam Thomas uh, were part of that program as well. And we had a performance from soprano Deidre Griffith as a part of that. So that was kind of how we, you know, transitioned into that. During the holiday season, we had past winners of our scholarship competition to send us performances of them performing holiday music. We did that all through December. Most recently, we normally, with the city of Orlando, do a program called City of Hope as a part of the Martin Luther King Commission's uh, programming. Well, this year, we ex actually expanded. It gave us a great opportunity to have that program broadcast. So we partnered with the city of Orlando and Orange County. You know, Orange County has Orange TV. So we produced a program that is now airing throughout the month of January and February. We've called it Community of Hope to give it a broader spectrum. Uh, we have both mayors Dyer and Demings. As a part of that, we have local, uh, the dance teachers uh, from the dance teacher studio, so local performers. Our current scholarship winners submitted performances. Father Claire had a wonderful poem that he wrote. We had a young orator. They did another poem. So it's a very nice program. It's airing uh, Orange TV throughout, again, the month of January and February. So that was a great relationship. And that was a case where in this virtual world, we were able to expand our program because previously it wasn't broadcast. It was held at Mount Zion Baptist Church downtown uh, with Reverend, Reverend Dr. Spoonie. And, uh, but it was kind of contained, but now we've expanded and hopefully we can continue that relationship. 
So, you know, we've done that. And uh, we next thing we have is our scholarship competition that is coming up. And we've had several entrances. We have competitions in voice and in piano, all based around the performance of spirituals that young people will learn spirituals. And that's being done completely virtual. And we will probably, we're kind of in the planning stages of how we can broadcast uh, some of those performances as well. So that's what we've moved to. And we've had wonderful uh, donors who continue and patrons that continue to give, but always use more, you know, as always um, to enjoy our programs. And we, you know, we use Facebook and YouTube greatly to our advantage. Absolutely. Really, very quickly, how can one, how can somebody apply for the scholarship program? Oh, okay. Well, uh, we normally, around September or October, we send the call out for the entries. We're going to start accepting entries. So if you check our, our website around that time, and we broadcast the information to uh, all of the schools in Florida, it goes to the FMEA newsletter. Uh, we send ads out to the teachers uh, in Orange County, especially, uh, but we normally send out an announcement and it's uh, for juniors and seniors at the high school and college level. So juniors and seniors at the high school and college level. Awesome. So if you are out there listening and you know a junior or a senior that could greatly benefit from this, please reach out to Dr. Dandridge. What's next for the project Grady Ram in 2021? And now this May, we are uh, hosting our 120 golf tournament. It's a golf tournament we have every year and all of the proceeds go towards our scholarship foundation. Uh, our goal is to have 120 golfers. So that's 30 uh, teams of four. Uh, and it's going to be held at the um, Red Tails uh, Golf Club in Sorrento on May the 3rd. So if you uh, are a golfer, or you have a team that wants to come out, the, the fee is very minimal. Uh, you can go to our website and find all the information and sign up. We'd love to have you. If your company wants to sponsor a team, that would be great too. Uh, but again, all of those proceeds go to uh, these young people. And we we give each student every year, we give at least five students a $3,000 scholarship. So we're doing awesome. everything to build, awesome. up, build up that fund. And before we go, tell them how we can get in contact with you on social media and your website. Sure. Our uh, website is www dot grady ram and that's r-a-y-a-m dot org from there you can shoot us an email our facebook page is also project grady ram as well as our youtube channel thank you so much for joining me dr dandridge again this is our seat our table i am andrew brown and you can follow me on instagram at the color brown b-r-o-w-n-e and i'm going to turn it back over to you barbara Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Dr. Danridge, for joining us. And Andrew is correct. This is a wonderful time in, in our community. We're seeing a lot of our icons transition, but in that we're also seeing a lot of new leadership. Stacey Abrams, we all know that what work that her and her organization has done in Georgia to be able to do what they have done. I want to talk a bit about what is coming up in our community for Black History Month. There are tons of events happening. I know a lot of times events will happen and people will be like, I didn't know this was happening. In Hannibal Square, in Winter Park, February the 12th, from 7 to 9, 
we have the opening exhibition of our local artist, Jane Turner. That exhibition will be on display. It will begin about 7 p.m. here at the Hannibal Square Heritage Center. It is a COVID-friendly exhibition. And when we say that, we allow people to come in in groups of 10, meaning 10 people upstairs, 10 people downstairs. You stay in for about 15 minutes, you see the exhibition, and then from there you go down through the back and we allow another group to come in. Jane Turner is a resident of Eatonville and you will be able to see her work on display here beginning February the 12th through May the 31st. The Hannibal Square Heritage Center is open Tuesday through Thursday. Right now, of course, because of COVID, we are taking appointments. We ask that you call ahead of time. Uh, we could be, look us up on the website, www.hannibalsquareheritagecenter. It's always free to attend here. Know that because it's Black History Month, I tend to see a lot more walk-in visitors than normal. But keep in mind that we are here more than for Black History. Downstairs is our permanent gallery that highlights the history of the community. And then upstairs, you will see the Jane Turner exhibition. Again, we have with us, we had with us joining Desmond Reed with Dare Bookstore. If you have not been to Dare Bookstore, you want to check him out. He is in the Longwood area, right off of 1792. That's Dare Books, and you can find him on Facebook. Also in the month of February, February the 13th and 14th, the weekend of Valentine's Day, you have the 1619 Festival, which we talked to LaWanda Thompson with the Equity Council last week. That festival, the 1619 Fest, it's a two-day festival. It will be held in Shady Park in Winter Park, as well as in the Martin Luther King Park. There is wine tasting. There is yoga. There is um, music from the Caribbean, soca music, live musicians, rap, local artists. So we definitely want to see you come out and participate. Also, Sanford, Pasha Baker and Sanford, the Goldsboro Museum. They also have daily events going on for Black History Month. You want to connect to the Goldsboro Museum in Sanford and see what their agenda or what their calendars look like for some of their upcoming events. Wherever you are, connect with your local cultural center. Find out how you can better support them. Find out a lot of times these centers are always looking for volunteerism. In order to preserve the history of the community, it takes it takes a village. That's just not a saying, it takes a village. As we are seeing that more of our programming due to COVID, it's also going online. It's becoming more virtual. We need more younger people to become involved that can help us to transition and pivot onto those virtual spaces that we are still able to engage our community. So it is very, very important, okay? So once again, we still have Daryl here with us, Daryl Gray, who is the 
founding charter member of the local Tuskegee Airmen chapter. And Daryl is here as a friend, as a colleague, community member to our late Richard R. Hall Jr. Richard was born in 1923, September 25th, 1923. And he lived with us until January 25th, 2021. 97 years old. Richard definitely was still had all his faculties. As told by his caregiver, Richard was still getting his self dress. So he definitely had a sense of independence all the way up until he was, uh, until he transitioned from us. Richard attended Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is one of the historic churches in West Winter Park. He was definitely a part of the community. So we will always remember him again as being amongst the people, being in line with the community. Richard's service, the viewing will be held Friday, Jan I'm sorry, February, Friday, February the 5th from four to seven at Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist Church. Again, due to COVID, the viewing is a walkthrough guests, family members, uh, friends of the community, we are asking that you just come. Should you come, you walk in and you walk out and just kind of stay into compliance with the um, COVID compliance, COVID-19 compliance. Then Saturday, 11 a.m., February the, February the 6th, Saturday, February the 6th, we will have his service at the Piney Wood Cemetery. Pineywood Cemetery is located off of Lakemont Avenue. Once again, if you would like to come and pay your respects to a hero, community member, a friend, a brother, um, just someone who we looked up to, a leader, February, Saturday, February the 6th, 11 o'clock a.m. at Pineywood Cemetery. That is where we will give our farewell and our final salute to Tuskegee Airmen, Chief Sergeant, Chief Master Sergeant Richard Hall. We honored Richard, the Hannibal Square Heritage Center honored Richard as one of the SAGE members. He was one of our honorees. He was well-respected, well-loved. Daryl is back here with us again. Uh, Daryl, I know that as a veteran yourself that this weighs heavily on you as it does many of us as just ordinary community members. What are some of your final words at this point that you would like to say to us that we can take forward? Whenever I would greet Chief Hall, um, his, his constant and consistent greeting response back to me was, I'm still here. Uh, and as I reflected uh, since his transition, um, what to say and, and, and how he impacted, uh, those words of I'm still here uh, came readily and repeatedly. And it, it said to me that he knew his value and his worth in the time that he was here. I'm still here and I understand my value and my worth of then and I understand my value and my worth of now. And that's the message, and I've seen him in action when he interacted with young people who he questioned and answered sessions with uh, elementary uh, 
middle and high school seniors. And he would convey that, uh, that value and that worth uh, from his experiences and to translate that into their experiences. Um, so he's still here with us in our hearts and in our minds. And I'm excited and delighted to know that uh, the Richard Hall collection, which is under construction now at the new Winter Park Library, uh, will be uh, debuting later on this year, scheduled for uh, latter part of this year, and under the direction of Dr. Ruth Edwards, the Director of Education for the Winter Park Library. So we will still be able to see the, the Richard Hall collection in the repository of memorabilia and artifacts in a teachable in, environment uh, that will continue and to perpetuate and preserve the legacy of the, of the Tuskegee Airmen and Chief Richard R. Hall. So um, I just would like to close with some words that uh, of the last stanza of a song uh, entitled American Anthem. Um, here's the last stanza and it reads, for those who think they have nothing to share who fear in their hearts there is no hero there, know each quiet act of dignity is that which fortifies the soul of a nation that never dies. Let them say of me, I was one who believed in sharing the blessings I received. Let me know in my heart when my days are through, America, America. I gave my best to you. Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, Chief Hall gave his best to you. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. It was wonderful. Again, we would like to dedicate our fourth episode of Our Seat, Our Table leadership lounge to our leader, our friend, our community member, Tuskegee Airman, Chief Master Sergeant Richard R. Hall Jr. You are forever in our hearts. You are forever stamped within our minds. We thank you for all that you have given to us. Thank you for being so unselfish. We will continue to stand. We will continue to do our best in which we can repay you. I'm not sure if we can, but we will definitely repay you. Again, we realize this is Black History Month. This is a very important time, not only for African-Americans, not only for people of color, but for all those who are looking for new ways in which to learn more about African-American history, learn more about the culture. So we wanna encourage you to visit these local organizations. You have the uh, Zora Neale Hurston Museum in Eatonville, Wellsville Museum in downtown Orlando, Hannibal Square Heritage Center in Winter Park, Goldsboro Museum in Sanford. You have Bronze Kingdom. It's in two locations, International Drive. You have three masks. So you have several locations in which you can learn and engage in African-American history, as well as the broader context of African-Americans. I wanna thank all our guests, Desmond, thank you so much with Dare Books. Also, I would like to thank D, Deidre, Demetrius Peoples, 
the caregiver for Tuskegee Airman Richard Hall. We also want to thank Daryl Gray. Thank you so much, Daryl. This has been a wonderful show. Once again, this is RC Our Table, and we air every Friday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. LaVonda Wilder with the Eatonville Chamber of Commerce, Andrew Brown with Brown Box Creative Solutions, and we just want to thank you for your service. This is Black History Month, and we're going to leave you with this quote. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Thank you so much, and we will see you next Friday.